of the team. She told me that their players are going to be in the middle of the field, like you see now, at the numbers, and that they will take a knee as a statement for equality and as a, represent, as a representation of unity. Now, what she told me was that that's what their players wanted to do. She said the Cowboys players wanted to show unity, but they were very adamant about wanting to separate that message from the national anthem. Sean? All right, Lisa, and as they take a knee collectively, booze can be heard from this sellout crowd in Arizona. only thing I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, indeed. Welcome in to The Athletic here as we kick off another week. Hope everyone's staying safe out there, masked up, whether you're out in the streets hitting the protests or maybe hitting up the old quarantine. Be sure to mask up and do the right thing. Speaking of doing the right thing, anyone heard from uh, Jerry Jones lately? No? That's weird, because usually we can't get him to shut up about anything. So I guess we should probably get into that on this episode. So welcome back in to About Them Cowboys. Kent Garrison here, your executive producer, Robert Smigel of the podcast. I'm excited to welcome in a great team to look at all things Cowboys for this week. And remember, follow along with all of our coverage, not only the NFL, but every other sport that we cover here at The Athletic, by becoming a member. Get 40% off now at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. That's theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. Sports are getting cranked up here pretty soon, hopefully. Lots of great stuff coming at you. So be sure to lock in your subscription now for 40% off at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. It's the only place you can get that discount. So be sure to hit that up. Now, time to welcome in this panel. Welcoming back to the show, fresh off his tryout for the Mavs man. He's probably the Steve Carell of the podcast because he's a great writer and he's a boss. It's Saad Youssef. Hey, Saad. Ooh, I think you just offended the uh, the lead guy. I think you offended the the lead guy who was. I, I would concede. There's very few people that I would concede as bigger Steve Carell fans than myself. But John Mashoda is on that very short list. Oh, but I'm I, very touched that you would say that. <laughs> I knew you were a big Office fan, and I'm just looking at personality matches here. You know, oh yeah, and what you bring to the table, which is why Father John Mashoda. I'd say he's the Stephen Colbert of the podcast because he's just plain smarter than any of us. And that's pretty much inarguable. Hey, John, how you doing? It. I was slightly offended at first that I didn't get Steve Carell, but no, that's a good one. Um, I mean, hey, you you could have called me could have called me Dwight Schrute, so and I still would have been fine with that. But we're uh, doing uh, <laughs> we're doing Dana Carvey show staff members. I could have called you Louis C.K. That would have been a lot worse. I, that would have been other than <laughs> hey, if we're talking about just. <laughs> If we're just talking about his comedy and his comedy genius, then I'm fine with that. If we're talking about his uh, other <laughs> other activities, yeah, I don't want any part of that. Okay, so you're good with being compared to Louis C.K. Great, got it. Got you down. <laughs> we'll note that for future episodes. And I would say our host is probably the Dana Carvey of the podcast because he's a man of many talents, many characters, and he definitely deserves his own show. It's Kevin KT Turner. Hey KT, uh, so welcome we, back in. Weird, weird, wild stuff there, Kent. That, that's a horrible Dana Carvey. We had um, a uh, yeah, we had a conversation off the air about this Dana Carvey documentary. Uh, what's it called? Too yeah. too funny to fail. KT? It feels like as as uh, we've been kind of quarantining so hard and uh, not <laughs> been going out as much that uh, 
pretty much all of these episodes of about them cowboys have come with some recommendations at some point. So it's uh, I think this, maybe this is this week's recommendation would be uh, the Dana Carvey show or, or not the Dana Carvey show. The watch it the documentary on Hulu called Too Funny to Fail, the Dana Carvey show, which was uh, airing in 1996 and was canceled after seven episodes, even though they recorded eight episodes. It was canceled after seven. Uh, it is very funny if you're a fan of comedy or you're a fan of you know Saturday Night Live or uh, if you're a fan of Steve Carell or Stephen Colbert. It's just uh, it's excellent. It's it's a uh, ninety minutes and it never drags, so it's a it's must watch in my estimation. I would be interested to see. I know Kent and John, you know, I'd be interested to see what Sod would think about it because Sod's you know quite quite honestly Sod's quite a bit younger than the rest of us. So I'd like to see what Sod thinks. Yeah, I, I think Sod would like it. Though. He's Sod a smart young the, uh, chap. Don't know if he was in the Dana Carvey wheelhouse. Were you Sod? Were you uh, familiar? Yeah, I, I definitely am. It's, it's because I grew up with a lot of people, my cousins and everybody older than me. So I, I was, but I'm also not that much younger than you guys. I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm right around the right around the same age, in the same generation. I think I would like to see. That's a challenge for you guys. <laughs> if you can get to it in the next week or two. Uh, yeah, for just sure. Just let me know what you think. Uh, it's it's excellent, but you know, uh, I wish we could uh, you know sit here and like uh, talk about uh, oh uh, you know all kinds of great stuff in the world, but it's just not where we're at right now. We're almost there, hopefully, but you know, obviously, I think we're seeing some cases rise again on the COVID nineteen front. Um, it's really hard to get a good feel for where we're going. Um, you know, NFL has put their head down and said, hey. We're, we're business as usual here, pretty much, even though training camp's going to be held at home. I mean, it seems like NFL's pretty dead set on getting this thing kicked off in September. And, you know, with other sports, it was great to see the Colonial back. I, I don't think everyone's a golf fan, but it's like, okay, there's a little live sports. And baseball continues to fight. And basketball, I think they're having some, some second thoughts right now about if they really want to go to Orlando and get locked in there. So I think there's a lot going on in the world. And then, you know, these things are all intermingling. And then you got a big article that came out in the New York Times that, I mean, this is the, the second headline on ESPN. And it's uh, there's been articles written about it, of course, on The Athletic uh, and in the local outlets of, you know, Greg Popovich is kind of speaking up and he is criticizing NFL owners, specifically Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones. And that's where we got the thing that the, the big quote, the money quote last week from Richard Sherman, you know, just talking about, Jerry Jones not speaking up about some of the racial injustices that have been going on and the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's happening and what is the civil rights movement of our time. The Cowboys did release a statement last week, but we've gotten really nothing from Jerry and, you know, getting criticized by Richard Sherman and Greg Popovich. Um, so I don't know, man. It's a lot going on. I, I know. We want to handle this in a delicate manner. This is not a you know political topic at all or anything like that. But I'd like to get your thoughts, guys, on why haven't we heard from Jerry? Is there anything Jerry could gain or lose by speaking up? And what are y'all's thoughts on you know everything that's been going on when it comes to that? Well, I'd say one thing with Jerry, um, as far as him presenting any comments that I've been thinking about recently, is I wonder how much factored in with him to the response Drew Brees got when he initially said that, you know, he doesn't support people standing that aren't standing for the national anthem. And, and even, even though it's a peaceful protest, he believes that you should stand and, you know, respect the flag because of 
his grandfathers um, that were in the military. And he, I mean, there obviously was a huge backlash against that to the point where, you know, within, uh, you know, a day he, you know, really apologized for what he said after talking to several players and that. And it was, I mean, it was the biggest story in sports there for at least 24 hours. I know that's probably not long in the sports cycle, but, you know, Drew Brees, the way he worded it is a little bit more, um, down the middle, I guess I'd say than the way Jerry Jones has been on this issue. So, uh, I wonder if hearing what, what Drew said and then seeing that the type of response that he got, I wonder if that made Jerry kind of pull back and be like, I'm going to wait a little bit longer here because I mean, we're talking about a guy that in Jerry Jones that, you know, was, he want he's, he hasn't been shy, but he's been adamant. He wants his players standing for the national anthem. And, uh, there hasn't been a Cowboys player that has, has done a, uh, any type of national anthem protest, you know, up until this point. And certainly you would have to expect that's going to happen this season. I expect this to be the most, uh, you know, peaceful protests going on during the national anthem in, in the entire league. And, and it's such a, it was such a hot button issue, you know, a few years ago. And, and it certainly, uh, is even more so now. And so, uh, and it's, and it's bigger than just football, you know, it, it's, you know, it, you know, we're talking about people's lives. We're, we're talking about politics. We're talking about things that are bigger than just sports. And so, I don't know how, to be honest with you, what I'm trying to say is I don't know how he, what he's going to say that is not going to really piss some people off, whoever that, that might be. Um, because if he just sticks to what he was saying before, uh, that's really not going to fly in the climate we're in right now. Yeah. And I also think that there, you know, I think I'm glad you brought up Drew, John, because I think that's a, good example of somebody who you know really like he made his thoughts known and then the backlash that followed um was something that made him not only retract once but like six different times and i think that's something that jerry jones looked at and and also the response from the president because you know president trump has been in jerry's corner when it comes to this stuff uh he's he's you know complimented him publicly on twitter and and different things like that so i wonder how much of you know there's a political aspect or anything like that to it but i do know that whatever jerry jones is doing it goes far beyond just his personal beliefs because uh, because he's a he's a professional and he's a businessman so i think he's looking at what the impact could be from a brand standpoint, from a money standpoint. And, you know, the the problem is, for him at least, the problem is that silence, a, a lot of people have been saying silence, if you're silenced, you're, you're complicit. And so um, I, a lot of people are associating Jerry with that, but um, you, you can't really nail him down the way you did Drew Brees because he's just not saying anything. You know, Richard Sherman's comment is, is interesting, and I think that is... Um, what a base level maybe a lot of people think. But again, I know that video was made a long time ago, but that Cowboy Statement video that was made, uh, you know, I thought it was important that Jerry's not in it because I almost think Jerry dilutes the message um, by being this. And, and maybe that's, I mean, I, I do understand the other side and uh, why you'd say, well, why can't he talk on this? I, I understand it, but. I, I to kind of go back to watching that Chappelle special. If everyone, if you haven't watched that, it's called Eight Forty Six on YouTube, and he's he's like, "Look, I don't need to hear me say this. I've been saying it for years." And it's a whole different message that I think Chappelle's getting at, you know. Um, but the whole message I think I've been trying to like, at least 
I don't know if I'm not, not a message I'm trying to get out. I don't want to sound like I'm preaching or anything. I'm, I'm absolutely not. But these are things, I'm, you know, discussions I'm having with myself as well. Or, or God knows social media has been a lot of fun. I've been going, can we stop being defensive? And I, I don't know, like, I don't know what Jerry and Steven or, you know, those guys all have people talking, advisors talking to them as well at times, you know, like, like no one's calling them a racist. They just want to know why you haven't heard from you. And honestly, if Jerry and Steven are on a boat, you know, and just away from everything, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, I'm exactly holding them, you know, I, I guess I'm saying I'm not, I'm not coming to burn their house down right now for, for not saying anything. It'd be nice to hear, see what they, see what they said, but we know how they feel on this. Like we know that this is not like, this is, this is something they just, they don't want to go there. And, you know, I don't know. This may be too controversial. And if it is, Kent, you can take it out. But you know what we've seen? Go for and it. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw them trot Charlotte out there for something and let her make a statement on something as we get a little That's not going to be enough. Well, I mean, that, that's if not going to be enough. Gonna be enough. If you no, follow I know it's Charlotte, not, but she that's... has been on her social media, has been posting Black Lives Matter content on her, on her personal yes. social and, and that's where, and that's where I'm kind of going with that. Is like that's where they almost make her do that that dirty work, you know. And I don't know if I don't agree with it, but I this is where I can kind of see this thing going because I mean we talk all the time about oh Stephen's a bigger you know a, a figure in the organization he he's making a lot of decisions or well, where's he at? I mean we, we we always look at just Jerry, and I guess a lot of times I've I'm almost like this may sound unfair I've almost like if you're over seventy I almost like. I almost kind of consider you a lost cause when it comes to like these matters. Yeah, and but I you know can't with Jerry harsh. Jones. You can't do that with Jerry Jones because he speaks on so many different issues. So when if he's going to sit out something that's this important, um, it just it, it doesn't look it doesn't look right yeah. because he's he's so used to commenting. Even at his age at seventy seven right now, he still comments on everything. And so when you are that type of a person and you are in a position of a lot of power. People are like, well, okay, then how come you're not talking about this particular issue? And and hey, I, I admit I, it's not a it's not a great spot for him to be in because whatever he says, it doesn't matter what he says or um, you know how much money he donates to whatever cause. Like, there's always going to be people that are like, that's not enough, or you didn't yeah. touch on this thing, or you left this out. Um, and so, but but <laughs> we'll say, I mean, he's been pretty successful in his life at dealing with you know, tough situations, this might be one of the toughest that he's going to face because no matter what he says, it's going to impact fans. It's going to impact sponsors. It's going to impact players, not only in the NFL, but obviously on the Cowboys, you know? Um, and so everybody can, can speak on it and they can put out as many videos as they want. Cause it is supposed to be a series of videos that, that the Cowboys will be releasing going forward. Um, and so this is just the first one that came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, but still, at some point, you know, Jerry Jones has to speak on this and people are going to be very interested to, to hear what he has to say because of, you know, how powerful of a person he is, not just in the NFL, but in sports. Yeah. And I think the one thing that has kind of surprised me the most is that he hasn't figured out a way to to really balance balance it on the tightrope, you know, because I remember a few years ago, he he was the one on Monday Night Football against the Arizona Cardinals that like, you know, kind of 
took the like took the middle ground in a way but like you know didn't really give up his stance but still took a knee before the anthem and and all that kind of stuff like he found a way to make it look a certain way but still maintain his position and I guess I'm just a little surprised that he hasn't been able to do that this time where um he's kind of accepted the L in a way and and just been like you know what I'm just not going to say anything at all um with Jerry Jones and how uh, witty and outspoken he is I would have thought that by now he would have found a way to at least try to to walk down the middle and make everyone happy but but he's kind of just you know taking a back seat right now but even during that time he didn't walk down the middle like to us it might seem that way right but right but that's to sure. assume that there weren't people there wasn't a backlash against you know sponsors and things like that they didn't even like that Jerry did that you know, they there were people that thought that that was too much. Oh, so it it's, was even in nuts. even yeah. in that sense, you just you can't say that you know he appeased everyone. He didn't, and and I think that maybe even that's factoring in uh, right now as well. Yeah, the I mean, let's be. I mean, I'm going to be, I guess, completely honest here. I mean, Jerry learned his lesson in Arizona. When it comes to speaking out on these issues and the impact that it has on, let's be real, his bottom line, Jerry Jones only cares about money. Like every single thing that he says, that he does, every choice he makes is to make money. And, you know, when, when they did that, they lost season ticket holders. They lost sponsors. They they did not think it was worth it to continue down that path at that time. Um, and so basically what I'm saying is they would rather sell jerseys and have sponsors than speak out on systematic racism in this country. You know, uh, I, I think that's frankly disgusting. Uh, you know, the, the they can release videos all they want. It doesn't change. You know, you can acknowledge the situation without affecting change. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like what they're doing is saying, yeah, this is happening. Yep. Yep. Totally hear it. Yep. But yeah, if you're not going to go out and use your millions of dollars, Jerry, to help this cause or help these people that need your help, I think that's, that's insane. I mean, who the, who the hell cares if, especially Jerry Jones, why should he care if he loses a sponsor? At this stage in his effing life, when he has a $250 million yacht sitting in Miami as I speak this, who gives a crap if he loses a sponsor? Who gives a crap if 10,000 people don't show up to the game? You know, like freaking – that's why it makes me think like he actually in his heart believes these, this stuff and it's not just about at the bottom. I'm not going to call him like – I'm not going to go like Mike Myers, Kanye West on him or anything like that, you know? Um, yeah. But like – <laughs> this guy should not care about money, but he, but ultimately what he's going to say is like, Oh, it's just the best interest of our team to, to take the stance. And it's like, I'm not going to say he's in the backseat of the president either, because, you know, I, I mean, he was quoted before the election saying, you know, he was asked about Hillary and, and Trump. And he said, if I'm being completely honest, I know both of them and neither of them would make good presidents, which is one of the great quotes of all time about that election. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's like literally, you know, it just feels like they're not – Jerry Jones is not releasing a statement because he's afraid of old, white, rich racists calling the Cowboys and canceling their 
plans to come to a game. Like that's the only reason he's, I mean, he might even feel in his heart that black lives matter is a, a movement that everybody needs to embrace, but he'll never say it because he's afraid of losing money. And that, but, and but don't crazy. you think that he might, might change a little bit? Just, I feel like when you get older, you, you start looking at the totality of your life and you start thinking about, you know, how you want to be remembered. And don't you think he wants to be on the right side of history? I, I do. And which is was surprising. Like, you know, if you want to be freaking America's team, Jerry, embrace this. Be the be the the team that that is at the forefront. Sign Colin Kaepernick, you know, like do something that shows that we are leading the charge. We are the voice of of the people we understand uh, our players and how they feel all this kind of stuff. Like to, to be on the opposite side of that, just because you're scared of, I mean, basically people crying about the national anthem of all things is, is insane. Like I, am I the only one who thinks that's a little bit insane? It's, it's a know? lack of understanding. Well, it's yeah. a lack of understanding too, is what it is. I mean, I, I, I there's, I, I honestly sit here and go, this is maybe one of the rare times, but I honestly think Jerry doesn't have anything to say about it anymore. You know, and no, for I think a guy like, who's he's like, got yeah. something to say about everything. I don't think he has anything to say about it anymore. He's like, yeah, I, I understand why you're protesting. I understand why you take a knee, but hey, guys, just so you know, when you guys take a knee, people get pissed. And if people get pissed, I lose money. So don't take a knee. That's like yeah. basically his stance. It's not like, yeah, take a knee because it's your way of supporting those people who are out there in need, who are dying in the streets. It's, hey, guys, just don't do this because I don't want to. I don't want to make have to answer those calls tomorrow. Please, you know, like I can't believe he can't find a middle ground. You know what the sod or John were saying earlier of saying, yes, I totally support Black Lives Matter. Totally get it, but I also support our military and our police um, people. So there you go. It, you know, it can be everything, but anything he says will be met with cynicism immediately, and he knows yeah, that. Um, yeah, but you you know one one reason why also, and I, I don't mean to divert too far away from from you know the whole sports realm and everything, but the the one thing that also kind of surprises me when someone like Jerry Jones. Who is in a who is older and in a position of power doesn't speak up. It's like Jerry actually lived through segregation and stuff. Like he knows he knows how significant this stuff is um, because he lived through that era. And so, like I don't I don't know. Like part of me just feels like it should hit a little closer to home um, for for someone like Jerry who who is seventy seven years old and and you know was was twenty was in his twenties. When, you know, the whole when MLK and the civil rights movement and Malcolm X and all that stuff was happening. So I, I don't know. I guess part of me also feels like he and let me, let me be very clear. And, and, I, and I know John will. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm pretty sure John would agree with this as well. Jerry Jones is not a racist. He's not he's not racist at all. I just don't know why, you know, he, he doesn't have a stronger opinion on the other side of it to where he would he would want to voice it. Yeah, you put like uh, personality traits of Jerry, like one, two, three, four. Like if you were to rank them, like number one would be businessman, and then like number two might be not a racist. Like, like, like businessman outweighs every single thing in his life, and that includes uh-huh. being on the right side of history. Unfortunately, 
You know, I I also think a big part of this thing that we've been talking about with all of this is like not uh, it's almost like changing the mindsets of people um, and going back and like I think Sodvik's a great point. Like Jerry living through segregation, like he should be educated on a lot of this, but is he? Like because that's a part of it as well. It's like full the full understanding of it. And I think. Uh, you know, I, I think Jerry probably has empathy towards what's going on. I think he does, but, and, you know, if he's out there on the Bravo Eugenia, it's hard to really know. And you're not hearing anything from him. But that's where I'd like to hear something from Stephen. Stephen's 20 years younger, or 25 years younger, or however old Stephen is. I don't really know. In his 50s, I know. Um, you know, I'd like to hear something from him. Breaking. 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 This is breaking news. Breaking news from The Athletic. We have some breaking news, Kevin KT Turner, regarding the Dallas Cowboys. And we're going to get to that here in a second. But need to tell our listener about Hawthorne. We know Father's Day is coming up. Hopefully you've got your gift already. But if you don't, don't fret. Hawthorne's here for you. We all know smelling good is important. Maybe you remember your dad gifting you your first cologne as a youngster. Maybe you should gift dad some cologne. Return the favor. Here's where Hawthorne is different, though, when it comes to buying your cologne. Actually, what you do is you go on their website and you take a quick two-minute quiz, and then they personalize your smell. They're going to give you two different fragrances, one for work and maybe one for going out and socially distancing with friends. Hawthorne is totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. So pretty much have nothing to lose. So here's what you do. Go to Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Use our promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your purchase. That's ATHLETIC, promo code at Hawthorne.co. Get some great fragrances for your father on Father's Day, or for yourself. Check it out at Hawthorne.co. Now, KT, to this breaking news. Yeah, uh, okay, I was wondering if you wanted to hit that. So, um, Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network uh, with the tweet says several Cowboys players and Texans players have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, none of the players are believed to have been in their team facilities. The teams followed proper, uh, proper health protocols. So, uh, I don't know if that's a big reading endorsement on the state of Texas and how we're doing it. <laughs> I mean, dude, we are not crushing it when it comes to COVID-19 right now. No, oh, why um, do you think that is? Because uh, they opened up on Memorial Day, and then so literally oh, everything's yeah. open, full capacity, essentially. I, I, I posted yeah. a picture uh, on Instagram uh, over the weekend, just showing how ridiculous my hair has gotten. And someone responded and said, "Oh no, like the barber shops and stuff are open now. You live in Texas, right? Oh, 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 they're open. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm, I didn't know that. I'll, I'll be there. Right, I'll be there in five minutes. <laughs> okay, I don't care that stuff's open. Doesn't mean that I think it's completely safe." Yeah, this is sorry. Uh, sorry I, mean, I just look, had to go off there. No, no, no. This was very clear of what was going to happen, and I want to first say that I feel for anyone who has lost their jobs, has lost money. Uh, you know, like I mean, I'm, I've personally I've lost a paycheck. I'm, I'm I've lost money. Uh, really, all my radio friends have had to take pay cuts. I know that. I know the athletics had to make some decisions. I know tons of people have been put out of business. I get it. No one wants this, right? Nobody wants this. But my fear is that we're, and I think football is in the balance here. I absolutely do. Because my fear is that because we didn't do what we needed to do aggressively to finish the first wave, that this second wave everyone's talking about is not even going to be a second wave. That the man-made first wave will continue. 
And when they decided to aggressively open up on Memorial Day week, that's where we're kind of timing it out now. You add in the protest, then you get to major issues. And I've been called a hypocrite a hundred times on social media because I am in support of the protest and am not necessarily in support of people going out to bars and restaurants a lot right now. Uh, but I was a big fan of opening up at a small level and I thought we had it. I thought we did that well for two weeks. And then he, once we kind of bumped it up and got aggressive and then it was clear that a lot of these restaurants and bars, not a lot of them, but some of these restaurants and bars are not adhering to the rules uh, 50% for bars and 75% for restaurants. Like, a lot of them aren't adhering to rules and just kind of loading it up. You're seeing the spread now. And I know a lot of people are tired of it. I know a lot of people um, are, are are maybe like, oh, this is not as severe as maybe the media has let it out to be. I understand all that. I know that's being said. But, man, if you do not be vigilant and get through it, I feel it's the equivalent of the hare falling asleep at the finish line and the classic story tortoise in the hare, right? We were doing it. We were getting after it. We were winning the race. We were going to get through it, I think. And then we took a nap at the end and just started opening things up and tried to go back to our old ways. And now not enough people are on the same team with this. Now we're all just divided and some people, I'm going to go do me. I'm going to go to a bar and do this. And I'm not shaming anyone. I'm just saying this is... This is what this is where football, I think, is going to be. I, I feel way more questionable about football happening than maybe I did two weeks ago because we're seeing a rise, at least in our county, in Dallas County, and Texas, Arizona, Florida, California. Those are the ones who have kind of seen cases rise. The cases will continue to rise as testing continues to happen. But we start looking at like hospital beds remaining, uh, ICU beds remaining. You know, they're fewer than they've been since the COVID crisis began. And that, to me, is just kind of – you're seeing a bunch of things add up and you put them all into one pot of going, oh, well, this is all sucking right now. And there's uh, just another addition to it with uh, that tweet from Ian Rappaport about Cowboys and Texans players and, and the term several. I don't know what several means, but several Cowboys players and Texans players have tested positive for COVID-19. Oh, yeah, where would you put several at? More than five? I always considered several – like you have to base it on the number. Like so you're talking about several of a population or several of a football roster. Several of a football roster to me is seven. That's just me. That's a, that's a nice <laughs> number. To I know that's there. a very uh, that you <laughs> got it nailed down. But such a random you, number. <laughs> now, if you Google it, you know, if you go straight to the dictionary, it says more than two, but not many. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. I was trying to go five, tens, fifteens, twenties. You know. And you throw out seven, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll be back, guys. I got to find out who who these seven players are. That's how several got it saying, right? Sevenal and then several. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. What a reach. Uh, So that happened. So like, so so are are the so the facilities have been closed, but then they opened it up to some people, and they've got like different training schedules, right? Like the players can still go to the store and work out and stuff, right? Or is it like appointment-based? I'm asking questions. It hasn't been totally clear about how they're handling this and how each team is handling this. But yeah, like, I don't think the players have been allowed to go back. I think that that was the next step, that they were going to open it up so that some could come. I don't think that, you know, they're having 
you know, players working out and stuff like that yet in terms of like in the weight room and things like that. I think potentially they get maybe be going there. What will happen is they can go there for treatment and things like that, guys that are dealing with coming back from injuries and things like that. But I don't think they're doing any football activities or anything uh, of that nature. You don't think all the defensive linemen get in a, uh, get in a clown car and drove to a testing site and said, <laughs> hey, let's all get tested today because how does this information come out? The team would have well, to Well, you can still be working out. Guys. Even if you're not at the start, you can still be working out with other players on the team on, on your own, you know? I mean, obviously yeah. we saw when this all hit. Remember the backlash that, you know, Zeke and, and Dak took when they were like posted some videos of them, you know, throwing together with Des Bryant and a few other players and stuff like that. So, I mean, players are still working out and doing stuff individually, uh, but who knows how big of groups that they're in and, and things like that. So uh, that could have all factored in. And then, you know, like you mentioned, uh, you know, with Texas opening, you know, <laughs> I live, I live in an area where there's a lot of bars and shops and <laughs> a couple of days after things opened, it was like, nothing had ever happened. Like coronavirus was gone. So, um, you know, if you're out and about and you just went back to living a normal life, like who knows what's what, you know, you could have been, uh, you know, subjected to. Yeah. And I you think are. one of the, also one of the issues here is also that the NFL's return or, or, you know, really just starting cause the NFL didn't, hasn't really gone anywhere yet, but, um, for the NFL season to really be where it is, it's, it's that old phrase of you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if if there's certain like the, their NFL teams are spread all around all across the country, and if there's certain states and and certain people on 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 you know in individual teams that are making you know irresponsible decisions, or even if they're not making the bad decisions, but it's just a product of their surroundings, which you know very well could be the case in a lot of situations, especially in Texas. Uh, that's gonna that's gonna you know impact the bottom line of how the NFL is able to resume because again we don't know who the Cowboys players are and uh, and you know Ian Rappaport didn't indicate that you know this th- this is you know the 53rd player on the roster or you know is a is a top 10 player on the team it could be anybody and if you just imagine who like you know who those players are then it's going to be, make it very tough for the NFL to come with a straight face in September and be like, oh yeah, you know, all, all these guys are, are, you know, going through this, but we're still going to go about it business as usual. You know, I, I wonder, <laughs> so, you, so these tests keep happening. Uh, training camp is, we're like in what, middle of July or July 20th. That's what we're looking at, right? Test yes, happened. Think about this. We're middle of June now, and we're talking 14-day quarantine situation. If guys are testing positive. So that gets us into the 1st of July. Then you're going to continue to have more tests on these guys. I, uh, I, I'm just wondering. So they can't – and they also can't say anything, right, because of HIPAA laws? Can we not identify the players and trace them and know where they've been? Not That's unless another, they do like, themselves. I hope they speak up because it would help everyone if everyone could be traced. I know this sounds weird and it may be against, uh, you know, what everyone wants, but I really think they should get rid of the HIPAA laws or the quote HIPAA laws when it comes to COVID-19. I think that would really help tracing where people have been. And I think it would help the overall, oh, this is, uh, this is rough. Don't you I think I, that I could m- potentially be bad for businesses because people yeah. would find out like where people work and things like that. And it would completely like, you know, everyone, you know, takes these things at different levels. And so if you find out, oh, so-and-so or a person at this place has this or whatever, like it could force you to like never go to that place again. I know that's an extreme, but sure. um, I think there'd be a lot of a lot of issues that would arise if that happened. Well, I had someone I, I know who uh, was at work 
uh, you know, and then got a call over the weekend. Someone in the in the building uh, has you know tested positive for the coronavirus, and then they're like, yeah, I thought it was weird that management wasn't in the building on Friday. Like they, you know, get a call about it over the weekend that someone in the building tested positive for the coronavirus. Okay, so what do I do now? So if someone at my job tested positive for the coronavirus, that means I need to go get tested ASAP, right? Can you tell me who it was? Can you tell me if their desk was near mine? Can you tell me if we would have been on the same floor? Like, that's where it gets, you know, in fact, that happened, uh, you know, in another place they were like, it was someone worked on the third floor and someone tested positive on the second floor. Like the company was able to tell them that. But like... You know, if I'm a, if I'm a perfectly healthy, uh, let's say Xavier Woods is is been doing everything right. He's been quarantining. I'm just using examples for fun. This means nothing. But if I was a Xavier Woods and I've been uh, doing quarantining, but I've also been going and doing some socially distanced uh, weights with Darian Thompson and um, and Haha Clinton Dix, and Darian Thompson tests test positive, I would be like, okay, I would like to know that. So I would, I'm, I'm sure maybe the players are tied enough to text each other, or maybe they're not. Though we've seen where locker rooms, you know, like offensive guys talk to offensive guys, or they talk to their position group. And maybe the defensive guys don't talk to the offensive guys that much. Like I do think it's kind of the team's responsibility to identify who it is, at least internally, so these guys can know and say, "Have you been around this guy?" Because look, if we, we start, we try to get to training camp on July 15th, and we have we have positive tests, then we're not. This is, this is, we're not playing this year. We're going to Wait, the preseason. We're, think... we're going to cancel a lot of the preseason. No, if we have I've already heard they in have... August. We're not playing you can this have year. 50... Well, not only are they playing, you can have fifty percent of fans in the stands. KT, come on, oh, okay. <laughs> aren't you up with the said, times? The governor said forty-five thousand people. Pack what it up, man. Let's go. You can't do that. Okay, you do you guys think we live. play? Yeah, no, they're going to play. I just I could see it getting to a point where there aren't going to be fans in the stands. Yeah, same I here. See. I I think that it could get to that point where there are no fans and and even if that does happen, I think it's going to take it's going to take a lot and I and and honestly, I think it's going to take the NBA not resuming or something like that. I think if if there's drastic things done in that sense, then I could see the NFL, you know, turning to no fans, but I still think they're going to play. I since this is where, okay, so our replacement players get ready, right? Because that's got to, are we extending rosters to, how, how we need to extend them more than they said they were going to extend them to, right? I think that, I don't even know if the, the number's been put out there, but they talked about extending rosters. Yeah, but then that that's more money too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so you're not practice- making as much money. Maybe add people to the practice squad, and the practice squad is kind of like a COVID squad, right? Like, because you I mean you don't have to pay the practice squad guys very much. Maybe have twenty people on a practice squad this year. Oh my gosh, this is. Well, I think what what could end up happening is they could delay the season a little bit, the start of the season a little bit, and, until we get maybe a better grasp on things. Um, that could potentially be something that factors in there. Um, but I just see what the problems that baseball is having. Um, and then, you know, obviously the NBA sounds like that they're going to have some issues about when they're going to start and how many players want to play and ones that don't and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to remember that the NFL really, really enjoyed from the owners to, you know, front offices, whatever, uh, commissioner, 
they loved what the NFL draft did as this respite to pull people away from, you know, not having to focus on the tough times that we're in right now. And so I, I like I've always said, I just really feel like if there was any sports league I was going to bet on that they were going to have some type of a season, number one on my list is, is the NFL. And really it probably should be, I mean, of the four major sports, because obviously UFC has started up, you know, golf, NASCAR, things like that, but of the four major sports in the U S I, I would put all my money on the NFL having a season, all right. having a season. We probably need to get out of here. I do want to ask you guys one last thing, just to just to get your head your head head thinking here, and we'll be quick with this. I don't want this to be a long thing, but again, in terms of cases, in terms of being aggressive and opening up, Texas, Arizona, um, we've seen Florida have have some issues, and you know Florida reined it in for a while, and then, but we've seen cases go up. We I, I saw a story a couple months ago, even about well maybe the California football teams. Maybe they can relocate and play somewhere else. Training camp, you're trying to get that thing going middle of July in Frisco at the star, but the cases continue to rise and Texas is still a legitimate hotspot. Could you see the Cowboys moving and playing remotely for a while? Moving camp somewhere and then kind of having their full operation somewhere else until, you know, cases were. I guess brought down, almost moving the Cowboys to a bubble city, if you will. No, no way. They're in the best position that they're in right now with what they have at the star in terms of the locker room space that they have. It's, it's amazing. Like, because they have all those extra locker rooms that they have for the high school football teams that come and play inside the star. So they have all this extra space where you can have players separated and then, you know, they have the outdoor fields and obviously it'll be hot. So they're going to have to cut down the normal length of practice and things like that. But then you also have a hotel that's right there. So I just think that that makes the most sense as opposed to moving everybody to a bubble city where what are you really protecting guys from in that bubble city? Like they're still going to be around families. They're still going to go get food and things like that. Like they're going to do if they're at the star. I just the stars is about as state of the art as it gets. So I don't know where you would go that you'd end up with better facilities for something like this than they have right now, having an indoor, having the two outdoor fields, and then having the the huge amount of locker room space that they have. Yeah, and also it's it's hard to get human beings to kind of, you know, separate from their home base and, and, and stuff like that. We're seeing that right now with the NBA where a lot of people have expressed concern about, you know, going three months without uh, just being in that bubble and, and, and things like that. And I, I just don't think that, you know, especially for just a training camp or something um, where players are going to be very eager to get to that point where they're like, yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll just basically be on a, on a month long road trip or something like that. And I know they do that in California, but it's very different circumstances, very different freedom that come with uh, being in Oxnard. So I don't think that that's and, and everything John said as well. When when the first uh, when when the first things came out about how uh, teams are going to have to adjust their locker rooms, my first thought was, well, that works out great for the Cowboys because uh, the locker rooms at the Star is 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 really built for this. So it, it's probably in their best interest to keep it here, but also just restrict the players into a certain geographical bubble, if you will. Okay, is there anything else you guys want to get into today? Um, we didn't even get to the Dax stuff, but maybe we get we have time to get to that next week. We're a month away from Dax's deadline. Uh, John wrote an article. It's up on The Athletic. I urge you to go look at that right now, theathletic.com, or follow uh, at John Machota on um, on Twitter. Uh, good article written about the expert weighing in on 
Dak and the potential of him getting a deal done or will he play on the tag this year? We may talk about that next week's episode. I know this one got COVID heavy, but we had some breaking news live during the episode. And hey, if any other breaking news happens uh, of note, we will be here for you on About Them Cowboys as we always are. Um, that's just what we do. But yeah, that's the breaking news that uh, several Cowboys, which could mean more than two, uh, but not many. I, I think it's seven personally, but we can all you know place our bets. But several uh, Cowboys players have tested positive for COVID-19. Um, uh, Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero saying that they didn't believe any of the players were to bleed at the team facilities. But that's the news right there as we continue to grind through what has been, uh, I mean, really just such a garbage fire of a 2020, if we're being honest. We continue to work our way through it, and we hope that we can play football, and we hope that you will join us for next week's episode when we dive into so many important topics that I couldn't even tease them right now. For our producer, Kent Garrison. For the Steve Carell of this week's podcast, Saad Youssef. For the Stephen Colbert of this week's podcast, Father John Mashoda. And those guys do switch roles sometimes, so it's hard to really put them in a box. I'm Kevin KT Turner. We'll talk to you next time on a very COVID-friendly About Them Cowboys. <laughs>